98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan announces salary and profits tax reductions, but with a lower cap in today's budget. As expected, Mr. Chan reveals a sharply lower government surplus of $58 billion in his budget. And with the possibility of a U.S.-China trade war, Mr. Chan announces new measures to help local businesses survive the global economic environment. The government has posted a sharply lower surplus of $58.7 billion, down from last year's record $138 billion, as the economy saw a sharp slowdown late last year amid trade tension between China and the United States and concern over Brexit. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, unveiled the figures this morning in his budget speech. And as expected, he's dished out a series of relief measures to alleviate people's financial burden. But as Priscilla Ng reports, the giveaways are significantly reduced from last year. In his speech, Paul Chan expressed concern about the tax burden on salary earners, announcing a 75% reduction of salaries tax for the coming financial year to a ceiling of $20,000. That's significantly lower than the cap of $30,000 last year. The measure is expected to benefit over 1.9 million taxpayers and cost the government $17 billion. Profits tax will also be slashed by 75%, subject to a ceiling of $20,000. The government will waive rates for a year, capped at $1,500 per quarter for each rateable property. That's considerably lower than the ceiling of $2,500 per quarter last year. The plan will affect some 3.3 million properties and reduce government revenue by $15 billion. The financial chief also pledged extra allowances for Social Security recipients, equivalent to a month of the standard rate of comprehensive Social Security allowance, as well as old age and disability allowances. This would amount to just half of last year's giveaway. There will also be similar arrangements for recipients of the Working Family Allowance and Work Incentive Transport Subsidy. Meanwhile, an additional $1,000 worth of vouchers will be given to people using the Elderly Health Care Voucher Scheme, while the accumulation limit of vouchers will be raised from $5,000 to $8,000. Grassroots students receive a one-off grant of $2,500 to support learning. And like last year, the government will shoulder the exam fee for all full-time students sitting the 2020 HKDSE examination. Paul Chan said GDP grew by a mere 1.3% in the fourth quarter of last year, the lowest since the first quarter of 2016. That dragged down full-year growth for last year to 3%, the lower end of the range projected in last year's budget. The economic slowdown led to lower-than-expected government revenue in stamp duty and land premiums. Looking ahead, Mr. Chan has predicted the slowdown to continue. He's put the 2019 GDP forecast at between 2 and 3%, with an inflation target of 2.5%. Fiscal reserves are expected to reach more than $1.16 trillion by the end of March this year. To help local businesses tide over an uncertain global economic environment, the financial secretary announced measures aimed at small and medium-sized enterprises and those engaged in external trade. Richard Pine reports. Mr. Chan says business registration fees for 2019-20 will be waived, benefiting some 1.4 million operators. The measure will reduce government revenue by $2.9 billion. The government will double the amount of money businesses can claim under a technology voucher program, which encourages them to use technology to improve their productivity and services. The funding ceiling will be raised from $200,000 to $400,000. An extra billion dollars will be put into the dedicated fund on branding, upgrading and domestic sales, which provides support for enterprises looking to enter or develop their businesses in new markets. 
The fund initially covered the mainland, but was expanded to also cover ASEAN countries last year. Mr. Chan said this will be further extended to include all economies that have entered free trade agreements with Hong Kong, and each business can now claim up to one million dollars for projects involving the mainland market and two million dollars for other FTA markets. And to help SMEs facing liquidity issues, Mr. Chan said the application period for these special concessionary measures under the SME Financing Guarantee Scheme will be extended to June 2020. The finance chief stressed that Hong Kong must get well prepared given the prevailing political and economic uncertainties. He said he would introduce appropriate measures when necessary to support business and stabilize the local economy. Mr. Chan said the property cooling measures will stay. He said current flat prices are still out of reach for many people. He said although fr- flat prices and transactions fell late last year, the government has no plans to ease the tough lending and down payment requirements. He spoke through an interpreter. Residential property transactions and prices fell in the latter half of last year, but current flat prices are still out of line with people's affordability. The government has no intention to withdraw any demand-side management measures at this stage. The global economic slowdown, coupled with political and economic uncertainties, may affect investment sentiment and intensify the volatility in the global financial markets. Members of the public must carefully assess the risks and their own financial position before making a home purchase decision. He added that the government will put up 15 residential sites for sale in the coming year, which is expected to provide over 15,000 units in total, together with other development projects. And on the construction of transitional flats for those waiting for a public housing unit, the secretary set aside two billion to support charities for such projects. The Greater Bay Area project has received several mentions in the budget blueprint. Mr. Chan held it as a golden opportunity for Hong Kong, bringing with it a host of business opportunities. Although he stopped short of giving details, the plan covers Hong Kong, Macau, and nine Guangdong cities, comprising a population of 70 million. Mr. Chan spoke through an interpreter. The outline development plan for the Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, Greater Bay Area, promulgated last week, is a milestone setting out the development directions for the Greater Bay Area up to 2035. The development plan identifies Hong Kong, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, and Macau as the four core cities as well as core engines for regional development. Hong Kong position as international financial. Transportation and trade centers, as well as an international aviation hub in the Greater Bay Area, will strengthen its roles as a global offshore renminbi business hub and an international asset and risk management center, and will devote great efforts to develop INT industries as well as international legal and dispute resolution services. The hospital authority gets a financial injection. Mr. Chan has announced the setting up of a $10 billion fund for any additional expenditures it may need. He said long waiting times at emergency departments and overcrowded wards at public hospitals have given rise to wide public concern. Wendy Wong has more. Paul Chan says the public health care stabilisation fund aims to prepare for any additional expenditure the hospital authority needs in case of unexpected circumstances. The authority will also be given a recurrent funding of seven hundred million dollars to raise special allowances and open new posts for doctors and other medical staff in a bid to boost manpower at public hospitals. The authority will also get an extra five billion dollars to buy new medical equipment, including advanced devices for treating cancer and other diseases requiring specialty services. An extra four hundred million dollars will be allocated for the authority to buy expensive drugs currently not subsidized. The estimated recurrent government expenditure on public health care services will increase by 10.9 percent to 80.6 billion dollars in this financial year, accounting for 18.3 percent of the total recurrent expenditure. 
The Secretary has confirmed that over 200 public toilets will get a facelift in the coming five years. Over $600 million is expected to be spent on the project, which the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department has been tasked to improve ventilation and enhance the toilet's cleanliness and hygiene. Mr. Chan says he'll set aside $6 billion to develop new harborfront promenades and open spaces and to improve harborfront facilities. He says the government plans to extend the length of promenades from 20-odd to 34 kilometers in about 10 years. And he says the government hopes to provide 35 hectares of open space on both sides of the Victoria Harbor. Protesters greeted Mr. Chan as he arrived in Lechco to present his budget. Dozens of people from several different groups and parties, including the Federation of Trade Unions, People Power, the League of Social Democrats, and the Alliance of Universal Pensions, chanted slogans. Demands included more education subsidies, a relaxation of thresholds for various allowances, public housing rent waivers, and universal retirement protection. In other news, an advisor to Beijing has dismissed criticism that its demand for a report from the chief executive Carrie Lam into the banning of the pro-independence National Party is an unprecedented interference. Lao Siu Kai, the vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong, says talk of Hong Kong independence is considered a threat to national security. So Beijing has the right to check on how the SAR government is dealing with it. As far as I'm concerned, national security falls into the responsibility of the central people government. Because at the end of the day, Beijing has to bear ultimate responsibility for protecting national security. So if that is the case, when people are talking about Hong Kong independence, they are really threatening national security and territorial integrity. If that is the case, Beijing has the right, as well as the obligation to step in to make sure that the Hong Kong government is capable of protecting national security. Demosisto leader Joshua Wong has lost his lawsuit against the prison service over what he claimed was an insulting treatment when he was jailed in 2017 over the Occupy protests. The activist was seeking $16,000 in compensation. The small claims tribunal had heard that a naked Mr. Wong was ordered to squat and answer questions after he was transferred to Dung Tao Correctional Institution. In her ruling, Deputy Adjudicator Percy Yu from the small claims tribunal said Mr. Wong's testimonies were inconsistent and the explanations of the staff from correctional services department were more reasonable. President Trump says if North Korea gave up its nuclear weapons, its potential would be, in his words, awesome. Mr. Trump tweeted from the Vietnamese capital Hanoi, where he's about to start a second summit with the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. He said that a nuclear-free North Korea would thrive as Vietnam had done. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. There will be a dinner this evening uh, for President Trump and Kim Jong-un and uh, a sort of uh, informal get-together and chat I think to show off again their personal chemistry um, in the early this evening before the summit proper starts tomorrow. They're sort of mixed signals. They, uh, and the Trump administration, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, has talked about hoping for a big step. Uh, and when he says big step, we know that means something concrete from the North Koreans in terms of a concession on their nuclear weapons program. I mean, there are other things that could come out of the summit, including a, a formal end to hostilities. Uh, the countries have technically been at war since the uh, Korean War in the 1950s and maybe the opening of liaison offices in each other's capitals. Those would be very important confidence-building measures. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 110.60 yen, the euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar 13 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 39 cents. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was 28,915. That's 144 points up on the previous close. Sport, here's Adam Jung. Hong Kong's women's cricket team are in action today for their final match in the ICC T20 World Cup qualifier in Bangkok. 
The SAR girls are playing for pride, having lost their first four matches to start the tournament. They face Malaysia today, hoping to build on Monday's win against Kuwait. A place in the global qualifiers goes to the top team at the end of the tournament. In the final match later today, the leaders Thailand take on second place UAE. To football now, Brendan Rodgers is back in the English Premier League. He's left his job with Celtic to take over as manager of Leicester City. The Northern Irishman has signed a contract until June of 2022 and takes over from Club Puel, who was sacked on Sunday after 16 months in charge. Rodgers has previously managed Premier League sides Liverpool and Swansea. He was in the stands to watch Leicester beat Brighton in one of four Premier League games on the night. Reporting from King Power Stadium, the BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball. Leicester have their fifth home win of the season. Goals from Damari Gray early on and Jamie Vardy in the second half have won this game. Brighton got one back through Davy Proper. They had enough chances here to at least get themselves a point. But that's now no win in seven games. They're just three points above the bottom three. And they just cannot get points away from home. Leicester 2, Brighton 1. Elsewhere in the Premier League, there were wins for Everton, Newcastle and Huddersfield. Details from the BBC's Joe Parsons. Everton eased the pressure on manager Marco Silva as Gulfie Sigurdsson scored twice in a 3-0 win at Cardiff, which ends a run of three straight defeats. Newcastle ended Burnley's unbeaten run in 2019 with a 2-0 win. It's now four straight wins for Newcastle. And bottom of the table, Huddersfield have their first win under new manager Jan Siewert. A goal from Steve Mounier gave them a 1-0 win at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers. It was their first win since they beat Wolves in November, but they're still 11 points from safety. The Chelsea manager Maurizio Sarri says he's yet to decide whether Kepa Arizabalaga will play against Tottenham in the Premier League tonight. The Spanish goalkeeper refused to be substituted in Sunday's League Cup final. He has apologized and was fined one week's wages for the incident. I have to decide. Uh, maybe yes, maybe not. It will be a decision uh, for the group. For the, all the players. In the Coppa Italia, the first leg of the first semi-final ended in a goalless draw between Lazio and AC Milan in Rome. Atalanta visit Fiorentina tonight. In the French Cup, Angel Di Maria scored twice for Paris Saint-Germain as the defending champions beat Dijon 3-0 in the quarterfinals. In that's your look at sports. To end the news, our top stories once again. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan announces salary and profits tax reductions, but with a lower cap in today's budget. As expected, Mr. Chan reveals a sharply lower government surplus of $58 billion in his budget. And with the possibility of a U.S. trade, a U.S.-China trade war, Mr. Chan announces new measures to help local businesses survive the global economic environment. The news from RTHK.